0: everyone. Welcome to your Enneagram Plus Yoga Podcast, a podcast for your mind, body, and soul. So we have a really cool episode for you guys today, and I am here to introduce our guest. Christy and I will be talking to Jenna Wright. And Jenna is a professional astrologist, a crystal healer, Master Yoga Instructor and Advanced Pilates Instructor. She's also an Ayurvedic practitioner, but a lot of you may know her because she's an owner of Southern Soul Yoga Studio here in Chattanooga. Jenna believes that spirituality can be cheeky, hip, inclusive, and attainable for all. Her goal is to help diversify the spirituality space and make yoga more welcoming with her mission being to train and mentor a more diverse teaching staff so that everyone feels represented. Jenna is a mom to a beautiful seven-year-old daughter, Stella, and she's married to behind-the-scenes co-owner of Southern Soul, Ryan. And today's episode is all about New Year's resolution, and we are celebrating Lunar New Year, which is today. So you guys tune in, put your headphones on, go for a walk, and enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening.
1: Welcome
0: everyone to Enneagram Plus Yoga and today's episode is super special for us. We are talking about New Year resolutions and Lunar New Year's coming up, so we're tying that with that, but before we go into our resolutions for all the numbers, I want to welcome our wonderful guest, Jenna. Jenna. And just kick it off, Jenna. could you tell us how you got introduced to Enneagram and yoga?
1: Well, yes. (laughs) So, uh, I guess I'll start with Enneagram. Um, Enneagram, I was introduced through astrology studies. Mm -hmm. So, I was telling you guys that a lot of the Enneagram numbers actually match up very well with your sun and your moon combination. Um, So, I found... I mean... Everything is kind of all tied together when it comes to all these, like, energetics Mm -hmm. and personalities. Um, And for me, the truest one has always been astrology because it's so, there's so many levels that you can kind of unpeel and predictions. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I was going through my astrology training, they introduced the Enneagram, not in, like, super depth, but they had us all do our tests and say, like, does this feel true and accurate for you Mm -hmm. as the signs and as the way that you've kind of dissected your birth chart? And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is spot on my personality mm-hmm. plus what I already knew about myself through my um, through my birth chart so that's where I was first introduced to the Enneagram um, and then yoga my brother um, my brother and I are both adopted and he was adopted with um, fetal alcohol syndrome so growing up he had some like pretty decent um, learning disabilities and needed a lot of anger management um, and so my parents introduced meditation journaling and breathing techniques into the house to calm him down instead of putting him right away on medications because we just felt like all the trauma to his body. They didn't want to add more medications and and all of that stuff. So that was my first introduction. Um, I didn't start with a physical practice until I was like 19 um, and I started with Ashtanga in college. Mm. Um, So that was my first practice.
0: Well, and you <coughs> lived for a while in pretty much U.S. Ashtanga Mecca. Yes, Miami. <laughs> Miami yes, yes. I mean, yeah. everybody. If you know the word Ashtanga, yes. you would yeah.
1: associate it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I used to practice at Miami Life Center um, mm-hmm. almost every morning, taking tons of workshops from Tim Feldman and mm-hmm. studied under Kino mm-hmm. um, and all of her disciples. And, wow, and yeah, she's really great. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That's amazing. All right, so tell me about being an Enneagram Eight. What do you love about being an Enneagram Eight,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then what's the the challenge? (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm the challenger, right? Is that yes? You're the challenger or Um, the boss? Yes, yeah. So uh, Enneagram Eight, I think, is like a double-edged sword, right? So everything that I love, I also struggle. Um, Mm -hmm. So what I love about my Eight is get shit done. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 (laughs) Yes, Okay. Good. Okay. Good. Um, So uh, you know, I get shit done. Um, I'm not. I'm not sort of like wishy washy on my decisions. Like if I make Mm -hmm. a decision, it's like that's it. Um, So I've had to really learn to be like a little gentler um, Mm -hmm. because people want to call me a bitch, um, which I'm fine with. And um, also, I guess. The struggle part of that is the fact that I'm like, oh, shit, I got to get all this stuff done by myself Mm. because I don't trust other people to get things that are very important done um, Mm -hmm. and done the way that they need to be done in my eyes.
2: (laughs) So just a little pushback. How are you working on the trust piece? Because that's part of the growth for yeah, the eight it, yeah. is learning to let go of control, mm-hmm. learning to receive from others, to let down your wall, to soften. So how are you working um, on that? Yoga has
1: helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I and bet. I think dealing with yoga personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot tend to be sensitive. So I try not to like come guns ablaze and like yelling at people. Um, mm-hmm. But I think honestly, what has worked for me and I don't know if this is the right approach probably not but it's who I am um mm-hmm. is that I just have to fire people or get, take them off of my team immediately if they're not performing because it's just gonna cause a ton of frustration for me um mm-hmm. so for me to trust somebody they have to prove that they're trustworthy mm-hmm. and so and that's huge traits. we trust nobody um mm-hmm. so that's really been kind of the thing where it's like okay, I can be friends with this person and I can love them, but I, I can't allow them into this space mm-hmm. with me. I need mm-hmm. to be someone who understands the way I need it to be done and they mm-hmm. do it right. No, yeah. That's necessarily working through it, but
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I've told you this before. I love the fact that you are so unapologetic about who you are and how you are. Yes. And mm-hmm. it is such an attractive quality. Um, The confidence and just being sure of yourself, because so many people, they don't even know who they are. They, you know, apologize for who they are. So good for
1: you. Well, you like it. Most other people don't like it. Well, and (laughs) And then let me tell you, speaking
0: speaking of your team, so I just want to, and we'll talk about it more in depth at the end of the episode, but not only are you a yogi and a yoga teacher, you're also a business owner. Can
1: you tell us a little bit about that? Um, so, also being an eight and my personality type, I'm not satisfied if I'm not in control. So, I always knew that I needed to own my own business mm-hmm. because I needed to be able to be in control of my financial freedom, be in control of my glass ceiling, be in control of how I grew. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it's yours, the sky is the limit. Um, mm-hmm. I worked corporate for a while and I was absolutely miserable because I was like, it's basically up to somebody else how much money I'm allowed to make, it's yeah. up to somebody else when I get promoted. It's up to somebody else what responsibilities I'm allowed to fulfill, and so I knew I needed to own my own business because mm-hmm. I need to not I need to have the freedom to grow, um, mm-hmm. on my own, on my own terms, grow my you know, grow my staff, grow my own practice, grow my own teachings, all of that. I needed to, I know that I need to have that because it's very frustrating for me to watch things be done. (laughs) Not right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I've, yeah, so I've always owned, um, I actually graduated my yoga teacher training and opened a studio right away. I never worked. I never worked at a studio in my life until I moved here. Mm -hmm. And I worked at the studio that I now own for four months. Um, but I never worked for anybody else. And before that, it was Pilates, and I only taught privates. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then I was a 1099 at a studio that I really loved. Yep. But I've never worked for anybody else. Um, so it's just not even an option for me mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. work for other people.
0: So you own the studio in Chattanooga?
1: Uh, yeah. I do. Well, with my husband. Yes, yes. Because yeah. but one name, side doesn't run without the of other. Of course. What <laughs> is the great. name of the studio?
0: Tell, tell the folks who are listening. Southern Soul Yoga. Southern heard Soul of it. Yoga. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Whoop Kudos to you. And that's Premier Studio in Chattanooga. And it is absolutely beautiful. And it's almost sort of a staple in the yoga community in mm-hmm. this city. So, um I contract with you and yeah. I just, I just love being a part of the team. Yeah. So kudos to you. You're Thank doing you. a great job. Thank you. Great job. It's also job.
1: really important to me too. Um, I think too, owning a studio too, like uh, 90% of the yoga community are white and female. Mm-hmm. So right. I. Can we please talk right, about that yeah, a little bit? Yeah. yeah. White, female privileged, right? So right. for me, it's always been a very big thing for me to be prevalent in this space and show up and represent people who normally wouldn't be interested in the practice, right? Um, especially in the South, mm-hmm. right? which I love my clients. Of course, nobody ever, you know, everyone is very kind and open and loving, right. um, but a lo- I've had a lot of people of color now come to the studio because they say, I feel now represented in this space. Yeah. Well,
0: and yeah. you feel more welcomed. Yeah. I think that, you know, if you don't see anybody who looks like you right. in this space, how would you feel welcomed in right, that space right. so I mean,
1: that's miami even too which is like one of the mo- is the most diversity in america right yeah walking and it's still 90 percent white privileged um, yeah, mm-hmm. you know women so my goal is to change that also kudos
0: to you yeah. not just talking the talk but walking the walk yeah. because yoga yeah. is for everyone Everybody. well then let's let's live that mm-hmm. and let's show up that way yep Mm -hmm. That is great. I love it. Well, let's talk about New Year's resolutions. So folks, for those who are listening, uh, we are quite aware that it is not January 1st, 2022. (laughs) uh, Because of COVID and um, different circumstances, this is coming in February. This episode is coming in February. But uh, for those of you who uh, know, it is Lunar New Year. So we're tying it to that. And we're talking about New Year resolutions, which could be a controversial subject because it seems that very many people um, uh, have strong opinions about resolutions and those opinions kind of split in the middle. So you team pro or you team against. And no matter how you feel about the resolutions, we hope that when you listen to this episode, you will see that we have taken every single Enneagram number and thought of it in its best when we kind of mused on what kind of New Year's resolutions would maybe fit well for every single number. So I'm going to kick it off. Um, as always, we have kind of split the numbers. I'm doing the odds as I'm the odd bird, Christy's doing the evens and Jenna will provide us her insight and wisdom on every single one. So we're going to start with one, the perfectionist and at their best, I think that they will allow for grace for themselves and others. And um, one's, will probably embrace things as they come, even if they're chaotic. At least that's the goal. So I think the good New Year's resolution for Enneagram 1 would be to do something every month without overly preparing for it. Mm-hmm. So I cringe internally when I think no preparation and being spontaneous, but I think that could be a cool resolution to kind of adopt. Also... Um, I think it would be cool to kind of set a tangible goal, for example, and I'm just speaking for myself, and maybe my ones would, you know, agree with that. Like, what if you could forgive one person a month? Like, and I don't know if it's like too much of an aggressive goal. Maybe it's like one (laughs) quarterly. I don't know. But forgiveness could be a cool resolution. And also maybe doing meditation on acceptance and forgiveness, say,
2: couple of times a week so ladies what do y'all think for number one i think forgiveness is so important for all of us but particularly (sighs) for the number one and it's so hard (laughs) and i think we always need to remember forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting right it means that we're letting go of the anger that we're holding inside of us. And, um, you know, giving some grace to that person having some empathy, but it doesn't mean that we forget, it doesn't mean that we don't set boundaries with that person. Right. But it it is, you know, letting some weight off of us, the times that I've forgiven, I could like feel a weight that released Mm -hmm. from me, you know, do you guys, Yeah. there's
1: like a quote that says, like, being angry at somebody is like drinking poison. Yeah, and, and yeah. hoping they die. And hoping they die, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah. I think an interesting thing for a one would be instead of the outward, is like, what about forgiving yourself for having mm-hmm. the struggle yeah. of not being able to perfect? Forgive? I or- love being, forgiving yourself for always wanting to be perfect and being like, it's really hard for me to be yeah. spontaneous and yeah. being gentle. Maybe it's just like, a lunch spontane and yeah. then next week it's a dinner spontane yes, yes. Um, yeah so i think being gentle ones are
0: yeah very rigid yeah. very hard externally yeah. and yeah. internally yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: so being not just forgiving others but forgiving yourself and being gracious and kind mm-hmm. and gentle yeah. with right. ourselves yeah yeah Yeah, I have a one wing, so that's why I say, I know you know. (laughs) I know you know. I have to work on that too. I'm a two with a one wing. Yeah. 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 So, speaking of twos, Mm -hmm. let's go to it. So, the helpers, um, at their best, they're going to communicate their needs to others. Um, You know, they're going to know that their needs matter. Um, They're going to think about what do I need? But that's not always the go to. That's that's a really healthy two. The the right. most twos are gonna over function, over help, give more of themselves than they really have to go- give. And so I would think that for any Enneagram two, mm-hmm. it's about self care and asking for what you need from your partner. Mm-hmm. I wanna go out with my girlfriend tonight. Mm-hmm. Can you take care of the kids? You know, I want to um, go to a yoga class you know are you able to cover for me at work while I go take a noon yoga class if you're talking to your colleague right, right. it's about asking for what you need mm-hmm. um, and so twos really need to work on that mm-hmm. and then they also need to work on giving anonymously right twos without tend to yeah without expecting anything in return so you know you might be in star at the starbucks line whether Mm -hmm. you're inside or outside and you might pay for the person behind you Mm -hmm. you know this is not somebody you know there's there's nothing that you're getting out of this other than just offering but sometimes there's this little i'm helping to be helped i'm helping and loving to be seen and to be loved and twos really need to give anonymously to overcome yeah. that yeah. so that could be another sort of resolution for two so you guys oh, jump I love in that. ideas I love that. yeah That's a beautiful uh
1: thing to do yeah
2: yeah
0: i yeah. agree random i acts I, of I, I agree random yeah. acts of kindness and i think it's to, i mean it's like sunshine it feels good mm-hmm. to hear thank you you've really helped me mm-hmm. and there's validation in that but if you drop supplies at the pet Uh, rescue shop or if you went to church and donated supplies or if you just, you know, found a charity where you can take, you know, clothes or toys or whatever and just say, here you go, I hope this helps and make that be enough. Mm -hmm. So maybe once a month, large or small, I think that would be a cool resolution for a two to do and also asking for help. I would say, you know, because we all need help. And I was just listening to the podcast, the 10% um, Happier podcast, and they were talking about how difficult it is to ask for help. And not just Mm -hmm. for Tuesday, but for all of us, Mm -hmm. because we live in an environment that if you ask for help, you somehow less than you're not as successful, you're not as accomplished, you're not enough. Mm -hmm. Because somehow, it's a weakness that you're asking for help. Yet, we're all mammals, and we are by Mm -hmm. design depend on one another. Like, that is our design. So to embrace that and ask for help, and especially for twos, once a month, again, big or small, hey, listen, can you do this for me? Yeah. Without overthinking or thinking on it for a week, like, oh my God, can I do that? What would they think? Oh, do I really need it? I probably can take care of it myself. Just saying, yeah. hey, listen, can you help me?
2: Yeah. Right. And uh, not to hyper focus on the two, but I just want to share this story. So I was a hospice chaplain, pediatric and adult hospice chaplain and bereavement counselor for. Uh, almost 15 years okay so a long time it was really really difficult difficult job and I was as a two I was this type of person who focused on the needs of my clients who focused on doing whatever I could to help others until I started having a daily practice of yoga And learning to receive, I did not feel balanced. There was an imbalance between, like, you know, work and rest. Yeah. Twos have got to put themselves Mm -hmm. on the calendar. Yeah. They've got to start making space for their needs. That was life changing for me. I all of a sudden started to become just more disciplined in other areas of my life when I started that discipline of yoga every day, when I started to know, you know what? I matter and I started to make just some changes in my life and even eventually realizing that job was not sustainable because I was giving so much of myself and now I'm in this place where I start to really think about how much can I give Mm -hmm. you know and I need to receive more twos need to receive Mm -hmm. right and I I can't say that enough but I just wanted to share that story because that was life-changing for me when all of a sudden yoga became this daily practice. I, know. I needed that. And and I'm still doing that. I, there was a little break in COVID where it got hard to do it daily, but I'm yeah. you know I'm back at that daily practice yeah. again. I feel that sense of balance. Twos need to put themselves on the calendar. You know, and I agree. Yeah. Do you
0: remember you and I were having dinner for Christmas and we were finishing up and you said, you know, I just – it's important for me to be seen, and like mm-hmm. I'm getting emotional. Like mm-hmm. I see you, but mm-hmm. for twos, not only for people to see, but for you to see you.
1: Yeah yeah like do you see you yeah yeah do you, you I have know. to work at that yeah because yeah. the energy that you put mm-hmm. is how people yeah. react yeah. yeah you know and I think it's a lot easier for uh, certain people mm-hmm. like for yeah. me I'm like I'm going to be loud and stand here and not move until you see me <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I know like other people who are gentler um, <laughs> yeah you know, And your energy is very gentle yeah um, and usually like because of the nature of the work that you do it's like you don't you don't want to be seen because the, right. you're helping somebody else be seen right yeah you can't like flip that mirror back to yourself, right? But it's... I love the idea of using this year to put yourself on the calendar. Like that's yeah. a very simple thing. It's like even once a week, and then twice a week, and then yeah, yeah.
2: and then maybe eventually every day of saying, you know, I'm on the calendar in this way. An hour of reading an hour of yoga, an hour of whatever, twos need mm-hmm. to start putting themselves on the calendar. And then when you do that, you're saying my needs matter, that yeah. I matter, mm-hmm. and you start to find a stronger sense of self. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that way, the two becomes a little bit more like the eight, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they find, this is who I am, they find their power, right? right?
1: Well, with a Leo son, yeah. I'm surprised you're not a little more have <laughs> got, I've got I've
2: got, I've got that sure. in me <laughs>
0: I love it all right let's move on to a three. so our threes are our achievers, and we believe at their best threes not only celebrate their own achievements but they celebrate achievements of others, and uh they're able to slow down and know that um they are not what they do and achieve. And um, I would think a good resolution for Enneagram 3 would be to pick a hobby that they enjoy without having an end goal uh, of achievement um, and dedicate, I say, I don't know, one hour a week of doing that. So... The activity that comes to mind um, would be something that money or status would not be a prevalent goal. So another suggestion I would say for resolution for number three would be to volunteer and volunteer as a tutor or helper at school or a coach on the kids team, something that you still can Achieve and do well, but that uplifts somebody else. Mm. So I've talked about this um, a few times, but um, my youngest son uh, has um, special needs and Reed has a very rare genetic disorder and he has special You know, milestone delays and he cannot see very well. So, for the very first time he's nine, we were able to put him in an adaptive soccer team uh, Mm. this past fall and they were volunteers there and they were athletes. So, I knew I could tell that this was nothing that would make them feel like they're achieving some kind of sports goal, but they still put themselves in the position of helping without getting, Mm -hmm. you know, those kids. They scored fake goals and basically it was just like rounding cats. Mm-hmm. Everybody was just running around. And I feel like the the, the volunteers felt so good doing mm-hmm. that. You know, and I've said it before, I think all Olympians are threes and all the athletes are threes because they just, mm-hmm. you know, goal, goal, goal achievement. But it was a beautiful thing to see. I feel like they, you know, as parents were thinking them, they were thinking us. Oh, wow. And I was like, hmm. So that's what I would think for a three.
1: You know, yeah. find a hobby,
0: find something that is not about money. It's not about status. It's not about some kind of accolade and still do it and see mm-hmm. how you feel.
2: Yeah, I think that's you know, big for a something. three. Um, and as long as that volunteering is not about getting the accolades, right. I think that's a big, big thing. My husband's a three mm-hmm. and um, he has uh, volunteered for over 15 years um, with uh, emergency services and and being like a a volunteer firefighter. And Mm -hmm. he uh, has a a license as an EMT, too. So he's volunteered his time to do that, is on a board. It's really gratifying for him. You know, Mm -hmm. that's not as much about the achievement as it is about giving back to the community. I will say for threes finding spaces to rest is very difficult I've given my husband he loves massages I've given him two massages recently he has yet to use either one of them because that boy cannot slow down and I love him so honey if you're listening I'm sorry I'm calling you out but I mean he he does he loves massages but he has trouble making the time to go get it because he just keeps going working and that's so important so for any threes listening how how are you going to pause? How is mm-hmm. that maybe part of your resolution mm-hmm. to yeah. find a, a place where you can, you know, stop the
1: doing, the right. doing? What do you think, Jenna? What oh. comes to mind? My husband's a three. <gasps> oh, really? Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. And he will work from sun up till sundown. Yeah. So he works like a full time job, and then mm-hmm. he helps um, Southern Soul like on off hours. So, yeah, sit down yeah. to work on Southern. So like at six thirty, and I have to be like, it's time for dinner. You need to close yeah. the laptop. You need to not, I mean, yeah. nine, 10 o'clock at night, make sure payroll's good and yep. make sure, you know, count everybody's numbers and make mm-hmm. sure everybody's like, so, um, it's so hard for him to sit still. Like so, it, we, if you meet Ryan, he is like so grounding. He's and so, laid, so back. laid back, so nice, and very calm. He doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't speak unless he, he has something very important to say. Everyone's always like, "Your husband doesn't speak." I'm like, he literally talks my ear off. He just doesn't like speak to you. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Yeah. Really absorbs, yes. Absorbs. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then decides what it is that he wants to communicate, and then he'll do that. Um, but he does not stop. I'm like, you have so much energy it mm-hmm. is out of control
0: it's a drive yeah
1: it's the drive driven, super money conscious financially intelligent yep. all of those things um
2: and sometimes two high energy types find each other because the eight and the three i usually say they're duking it two. out yeah. to see like who has the highest level of energy so both of you yeah. have well, have think, lots yeah of energy. i think just
1: because of my yoga practice and then yeah to be present i can pull him back but if we are both just like going like we have a weekend without our daughter. I mean, we will just like go. I mean, we'll work fourteen hours and then look up and say like, "Wow, we just
2: <laughs> wow." So you have <laughs> yeah, to watch. Let's that. do it again yeah, tomorrow. You know, have to
1: watch it. We, we do have to watch it because I'll look back on the week and be like, "We didn't spend any like present time together." You yeah, know? yeah. And then yeah. when I'm done working on Southern Soul, he's ready to start working on Southern Soul. So we always like battle on that. I'm like, no, I've been doing this all day. Mm -hmm. Like I can't I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. we like go back and forth. Um but it's funny that you guys say that because he literally won't make time for hobbies. Mm -hmm. Well so the hobby moment it's work. It's like what can I do to
0: and advanced. the hobby mm-hmm. for the sake of mm-hmm. enjoyment yeah. of the yeah. process, yeah. not hobby. Okay, I'm going to learn how to play guitar, and I'm going to be the best guitar player that, that yeah. there ever was. Yeah. Or I'm going to paint, and I'm going to paint the masterpiece. No, just yeah, doodle and see yeah. if you enjoy enjoying it. Yeah. When mm-hmm. we had um, Enneagram 3 on our podcast, Wesley, and mm-hmm. Wesley's if you're listening, it just resonated with me. Uh, we asked him, well, what do you do to kind of bring yourself um, – in the presence he's like i walk out of the on the deck and i bird watch oh wow and that's not like there's no goal there's nothing I can achieve, and I just and I just watch the birds. Yeah. You know, he has mm-hmm. the bird feeders or whatever, and that grounds him down because right. there's mm-hmm. nothing to achieve. There's no goal. There's right. not, you Ryan know, needs
1: something.
0: something that it's a process.
1: Yeah. He won't even do yoga until he mm-hmm. like, knows the poses. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: It's like, yeah. No. Well, yeah. my husband is I'm like that okay. too. He did, he'll yeah. do it at home, yeah. but oh, going we'll to that. a studio, they're they're very Image conscious, yes, they're very aware that, that they want, um, especially if they're the self preservation three type. There can be a little bit of perfectionism, mm-hmm. and so there's certain types of threes that are the self preservation three is known as the counter type, and so um, they they don't really look like a three in a lot of ways, but except yeah. that they are big mm-hmm. doers, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, he's very perfectionistic in that way and he wants to make sure that you know that his image is not going to be embarrassed so it's hard for him not that he's never gone to the studio but that's hard for him because he wants to to do it really well And so that that's interesting yeah. how yeah. they're alike in that yeah. way. Oh gosh, my poor husband.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, look, at me. also by the way, nobody's paying attention to you. Okay? So, put your ego in your pocket. No looking at your
2: <laughs> I just feel bad that I've talked about you so much, honey. If you're listening, I love you. <laughs> uh,
1: good yeah,
2: they're they good are. Examples. They are good examples of threes. All right, so the fours, the individualist. Um, at their best, they're they're going to get organized and structured. They're going to be more like cat on the enneagram. They're going to be more like a one. They're going to be checking their list twice, like Santa Claus. So um, I would think that for for four, any resolution to get organized, to commit to a task, to plan it out, to execute it, that's going to be good. It could be as simple as like meal planning, like mm-hmm. getting more intentional about and mindful about what you eat or maybe even a yoga Mm regimen because for a lot of fours, they enjoy kind of sitting on the couch, having deep existential conversations Mm -hmm. with partners Mm -hmm. and friends. Um, But going to do the hard things Mm -hmm. is difficult for a four. I think that's why the mantra of I can do hard things is a four mantra because doing the hard things is what they need to do. And so any ideas, guys, that you have for uh, a four?
1: So... I t- I've taken a lot of like uh, business classes based around goal setting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and one of the biggest things that they say when you do goal setting and you make your to do list, right? Most mm-hmm. people just make their to do list. Oh, I've got to go to the grocery, store, got to do this, got to do that. So the most what they say is that you, when you when you make your to do list, you need to put the hardest thing first, mm-hmm. because if you accomplish the hardest thing first, mm-hmm. then everything else seems like very very easy. So I love that. for a four, I think. I also make my to-do list the night before so that I'm not waking up in the morning saying, okay, what do I need to do today? It's like I sit, yeah. I sit the night before, before I go to bed and I say, this is what I want to get done. And then I also organize it. So I'll say, these are the two really hard things I have to get done. These are the three things I need to get to delegate. And these are the two things that would be really nice if I could get them done. Right. And then I start at the top of that list. So I think of four, if they're making their to-do list, even if they could just pick one hard tasks to just get out of the way mm-hmm. and it could be like making your bed that could yeah, be like yeah. very hard for somebody to be like I'm gonna wake up every day and make my bed like, yeah I don't, want, I don't want to maybe I want to yeah. walk in the bed maybe mm-hmm. I want to you know yeah, yeah um so just putting one task and saying like I got that one done and then it just sets you up for a better week or a better day and yeah. it could even be a task for the week
2: right yeah mm-hmm.
1: it could be like okay on this week I need to organize my closet mm-hmm. and it can take me the entire week but by Sunday night it's gonna be done done Mm-hmm. And then I every love day that. You right. like an hour. Right. Of like, All right. Today, I'll do my T-shirts. Tomorrow, I'll do my right. socks. Right. Um, so that's always been uh, something that's taught to people who are really hard to get through their, it's really hard for them to get through their to-do list. To
2: do the hard thing first, Mm -hmm. but also just to have the personal and professional goals, whether it's how you do it the night before or early in the Mm -hmm. morning, depending on the personality, but even just for a four to be making personal and professional goals, that's important. Yeah, and
1: then uh, the other thing that might help a four would be when you What I also do too is I kind of estimate how long it's going to take me to do the task, right? So I'll say like, okay, this really hard thing is going to take me one hour and one hour only. I turn my phone off and I use an egg timer and Mm -hmm. I put it on for an hour and I cannot do anything but that task for that one hour. Once that hour stops, I can get up and walk away and I can take five Mm. minutes to check Instagram. I can take five minutes to look at my text messages. I can wander around the fridge or whatever it might be and then I'm, I'm done with that task. I move on to the next one, which might be 15 minutes. That is a great away. way to focus. Yeah. And then I'll say maybe like three hours at home is all I'm going to use for my to-do list. And everything else is just the day as it comes. Mm-hmm. And I
2: think it's interesting, too, the very hard thing. Once we give ourselves that hour, then we go, oh, this wasn't as oh, yeah, hard as I yeah, thought yeah, it was. usually 20
1: minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, OK, I actually got this done in 20 yeah. minutes. You know, and now I have all this extra time to yeah. be distracted. That. Yeah.
0: That is very life coach thing you just yeah. talked yes. about.
1: I'm really obsessed with researching why certain people can achieve goals and why certain people can't. Mm-hmm. And like... Is it a personality thing or is it a structure? Th- it's like mm-hmm. it's fascinating to me. I mean, I could just like re- talk about it all day.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it. and then that, that book, Atomic Habits, may oh, be a good one for a four. Isn't it great? <laughs>
1: so good. And, the, and the Five AM Club is a good one for fours. Oh, okay, yeah. Five AM Club. Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah,
2: I'm not a part of the Five AM Club.
1: <laughs> it, me Me yeah. three. God. I
0: love it. All right. Well, let's, let's move on to number five, our investigator. So fives at their best would be decisive and confident. So what I would think would be a good resolution for Enneagram five would be to lead a project. And I know fives, if you're listening, you're like, oh, I could never. <laughs> but here's the caveat. In the area that you like. So we know fives love to, you know, whatever area that they're interested in, they would research it, they would know it in and out and all throughout. So pick an area that you love and interested in and lead in it. So if you like books, lead a book club. If you like gardening, lead a gardening club. If you like chess, it's a chess club. If foreign language, foreign language. So whatever it is that you like, lead in it. And also, I'm going to say another cringy thing for a five, have a social gathering. I don't know if it's, you know, like, it's like forgiveness for once. So maybe once a month, it's too much. So mm-hmm. twice a year, mm-hmm. have a social get, you know, like those supper clubs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would imagine the five would probably say, okay, maybe I would go to that once a month, but I don't really want to host it. Host it as well. Yeah. Like say, okay, I will pick yeah. this month and y'all can come over and we'll be social together. Yeah. That could be a cool resolution for a five. What do y'all think? I
1: love that. I love that. Yeah. Hosting is overwhelming, though, so I feel you fives, but I love to host. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a jam, but...
0: I don't like hosting either. You but, don't like to host. Ugh, because everything has to be perfect. Yeah. And I know nobody cares.
1: I like to
2: host because I can control
1: what's going
2: on. <laughs> I, I like to host if it's four or less people, like on the Enneagram. Because I'm it's the, relational. Yeah. Well, I love and, it. And also, I'm a one-to-one or sexual type. And we like one-on-one conversations. Yeah, yeah connection. So my jam is to like have... Like a couple's night where it's just, you know, four people or to go out with my girlfriend, just the two of us. Because I like to have those deep one-on-one conversations. It's relational. But but we're talking about fives. (laughs) So fives uh, engaging um, in the world, like you said. Like like, even if it's a book club, like that's their jam. They love books, right? Right. But then to actually go and share that love with somebody else would be really good for them. So, yeah. I love it. Any other thoughts, guys? I think that's plenty for five. Five for yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want any <laughs> This is it. <laughs> I will say that I have my Enneagram coach is a five. Yes. And, um, and, and that was really important to me because – fives are the personality that I understand the least and Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't have any fives in my life Mm -hmm. so um and maybe that's why it's even harder for me on this podcast to offer a lot of advice about fives because I'm still trying to understand that enigma yeah Yeah, they're a little Mm -hmm. bit of an enigma at least to me and um so that was an important step for me is to get a five as an Enneagram coach I've been working with him for about six months I'm working on my relationship with fives
1: Scorpio's
0: Mm, I don't know. And you know, Scorpio, I think male Scorpios, yes. Maybe even a female. Because wouldn't female Scorpio be more like assertive?
1: They're assertive, but also very supportive. high, strong, high, strong, <gasps> very withdrawn, withdrawn, but very intense, like sexually. Like you can literally yes, Scorpion, intense. Like, oh my god, you are so sexy. I don't know why I feel this way about you. <laughs> you know? they just like have this like presence. Yeah. Um. And then male Scorpios are very. They need to investigate. They need to know all of the because. I mean, we're talking about the anagram, but here I go on. Astrology. No, no, no. But it's very, it's considered like the underworld. So it's very like dark and they like to keep to themselves. They don't trust people. So the mm-hmm. five personality sounds like a Scorpio personality, yeah. which is extremely difficult to pinpoint as well. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And And just for our listeners to know, Jenna is like an expert with astrology. You are. <laughs> yes. That's one of your right, guests. Right, right. And we even talked to her a few days ago about maybe she should do a podcast yeah. at yeah. some point on astrology. And oh, yeah. you know, yeah, forever. Uh, who knows what she'll do with that. But she's got a lot of knowledge about that. That's something that I feel very inept about, but I very curious uh, about. learn about it mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So, um, so she is a teacher in that world. So just want to highlight that. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Enneagram Plus Yoga friends. Thanks for joining us for this episode with Jenna Wright. That was just part one of our interview with Jenna. So stay tuned for part two, where we will be talking about Enneagram Types 6, 7, 8, and 9, and some great resolutions for each of those types. And after this word from our sponsor, tune in to a meditation. Thanks so much. Charles Dickens said, a new heart for a new year always, but I would argue that every time we go to our yoga mat or every time we sit in a seated meditation, that we have an opportunity to become new. And there's actually a Sanskrit word called Sankalpa. And this Sanskrit word means intention. And so you've probably heard yoga teachers ask you, what is your intention for your practice? And that word comes from the Sanskrit word, Sankalpa. And so in this meditation, we're going to consider many possible intentions. But let's start with a deep breath in. And then big exhale out. How do you want to work on embracing imperfection? another breath in and a breath out how do you commit to practicing self-care inhale and a big exhale out how can you be intentional to find ease and rest in the daily rhythm of each new day. Find a breath in, find a breath out. Do you have a practice of gratitude? If not, what would that look like for you? Breathe in, breathe out. What would it look like to engage in life and live life more abundantly? Find a breath in and a nurturing breath out. How can you let go of the anxiety that you're holding in your body, mind, and heart? Inhale. And exhale. What practices in your life do you need to do to be the most grounded version of yourself? Find a breath in and a big exhale out. What would help you to soften in your body? in your mind and in your heart who do you need to soften to and then find your inhale find your exhale what are your dreams for your future how can you move towards accomplishing these goals find a breath in Find a breath out. I know that the light in me sees and honors the beautiful light in you. Namaste.